0: James chapter number four. Lord willing, I will be brief tonight. And we will start in verse number one and read through verse number 10. James chapter four, verse one. The Bible says this, from whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your lusts that war in your members? Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight in war, yet ye have not, because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lusts. Ye adulterers and adulteresses. Know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever, therefore, will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Do you think that the Scripture saith in vain, The spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy, but he giveth more grace? Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. As Pastor Craig used to always say, period. I many of y'all remember that? Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted, and mourn, and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning, and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Let's pray. Lord, we uh, thank you for this time to look at your Word for a little while this this evening. We pray, please meet with us, Lord, teach us, and uh, bless us as we uh, with understanding, especially as we look at this uh, these principles here in your in your Word in James four. I pray that you would strengthen and help your people, Lord, to examine themselves and really uh, to really desire to be close to you. And uh, Lord, I pray not only for for uh, I pray for each and every person on an individual level that each and every person would desire to have that close fellowship with you uh, like you desire it for us. So, Lord, we commit this time to you. We ask your blessing upon it. We ask for your grace and help in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I want to look at basically in verse number eight, uh, verse number eight. The Bible says, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. And we know the word nigh means near. So when the Bible says to draw nigh to God, this is what I call, what I, I guess the best way to, to describe it is the Lord introduces the concept of distance. That's what draw nigh to God and He will draw nigh to you. It's, it's the idea of distance. So I want you to visualize something. I don't have any screen or anything where I can, where I can, uh, I can, I can visualize it easily. So I'm going to visualize it here. Kind of on the stage for you. So imagine you have on this, you have a line that goes from one side to the other, right? With two endpoints. And on that line, say the pew is one at one end, and this this pew over here is the other end. On, on this, at this point is the point at which sin is located. All right, sin is here. And then along this other line, you have. God is right here. Okay? So sin is over there. God is over here. It's not exactly a difficult thing to imagine, right? Now, what I want you to understand is this. Now, we know for a fact that God, we're talking about distance. Draw nigh, that's near to God, and he will draw nigh to you. That's a a, a statement of distance, right? So, in this case, and for this, and I'll come back to this illustration in just a minute, but in this case, Sin is on the opposite end of this line segment. Okay, for those of you who are, who are nerding out, was that you, Ben? What are you thinking? He's just not talking about a line. He's talking about a line segment. It's true. It is true. So at this point of the line segment, <laughs> that's not, that sounds like something I would say, right? <laughs> so my, So sin is right here. And on the opposite end, the, God is right here. But notice, God is as far as you can get from sin because we know that God is holy, all right? This is, this is not difficult. We, we know this. God is holy. And that simply means he has no association with sin. There is no sin in him. And not only is there no sin in him, he absolutely detests sin and evil. OK, it, it's not only not it's not only not in him, but his attitude toward it is he hates it. He, he hates it. And that's just a fact of Scripture. God is holy. That's why sin is over here and God is over here. They're as far apart as you can get. And you the only way you can get to God is if your sin is as far away from from God as, as can be can be possible. OK, just trying to visualize uh, this concept. So when the Bible says, draw nigh to God, I want you to keep this kind of spatial diagram, if you will, in your mind, because as I said, the Lord is introducing this idea of of distance. And this is a concept that goes throughout Scripture, but we'll look at it very briefly. And there's just a few principles I want to give you based upon these Scriptures and a few other places that we'll look at. The first thing I want you to understand about distance, remember, this Book is written to Christians. This is written to believers in Christ, to disciples of Christ. All right? This is not written to people who do not know God. This is not an evangelistic book, although, of course, there are things in the book that can be used for evangelism, of course. But this is written primarily for God's people. That's an important, that's an important point to make. We make a major mistake when we tell To the world, the things that he that God has spoken to his people, to the church, because it gives them the wrong idea. That's why when it comes to the sign out here, the sign out here, you know, I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to cast stones. But if you look at the signs that are put out in churches, as you I'm going to put it in your mind right now. And I want you to think about it from now on as you pass by all these churches. How many how many churches does Greenville? have? It's like it's like close to a million has to be a million. Uh, 400,000 people, 500,000 people, and there's, a, there's two churches for every person in Greenville County, I think. But there's all these church signs, and ask yourself, with that statement, does that send a clear message to those who might not know God? But see, a lot of the signs are put out there, and the assumption is, is that many passersby, pr- pretty much everybody, you know, is a Christian. And that's just not, that's just not true. It's just not true. Uh, the Lord says that, the, that straight is the way and, that, and few there be that find it. It's just it doesn't matter if you're in Greenville or if you're in Macedonia or if you're in the Congo. That's, that's true wherever you are. So this is written to a group of believers. And that's an important distinction to make. So when I talk about this idea of distance in the scripture as found in verse number 8, the first thing I want you to see is this. Our distance from the Lord is relative. When I say distance, and we're talking about distance from the Lord, being close, being far, that is kind of a relative term. Here's what I mean by that. If you are a child of God and you have passed from death unto life, you I'm using these various terminology, I'm catch, trying to catch everybody, all right? If you have passed from death unto life, you are born again, you have already been made... Nigh, near to the Lord. That's already happened. All right, so whatever we talk about distance, we have to understand that when you talk about a, a, a Christian, a believer who has come to Christ, the Bible says this in Ephesians 2 But now in Christ Jesus, ye who were, so, who sometimes were far off, that was before I knew God, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. So when we read this, passage of scripture speaking to disciples of Christ children of God right the church when we when we read that we understand we're not talking even if we're far from God we're not talking about this kind of far we're not talking about the far of Ephesians chapter 2 because that that the distance referring to someone who doesn't know God is vast it is it is a distance it's an unspanable distance and the only way to be brought Nigh is by the blood of Christ. That is Christ bearing our sins on the cross, dying, bleeding, and dying as our substitute. That is the only access that any person, any person has to approach God. There is no way anyone, someone is calling me. (laughs) There's no way anyone can approach God except Christ bore their sin. It is the only key. It is the only key. That's what, that's what we mean by the gospel. But now, okay, so we've established that. Without the blood of Christ, without, without coming through the blood of Christ, there's no way to get anywhere near God. It's impossible. But we have been made nigh to God already. So, so again, the distance we're talking about is relative. We're already close, right? It's the, it, it's, it's the difference if you were standing here someone who doesn't know God is to God as if God were standing here and they're in Cambodia. Okay? But see, the blood of Christ has brought us nigh. And so now the difference is between God is here and His child is here. You see, that's a lot closer. This is the distance we're talking about. Second thing I want you to see. The principle of distance is this. The distance between ourselves and the Lord is always related to sin. Draw nigh to God, and He will draw nigh to you. The distance between ourselves and the Lord is always related to sin. Now, this is the negative aspect. And James chapter 4 makes this perfectly clear. Notice all the sins mentioned that we read in the first 10 verses. Here's what we got. There was strife. There were fightings. There were wars. There was There was lust. He mentions killing, which is hatred. Uh, In verse 3, You ask and receive not because you ask amiss. They were praying and their prayers were wrong, misdirected and improper use of their prayer. Verse number 4 says they were adulterers and adulteresses. Verse number 4 says that they were were enemies of God because they were were, uh, loving the world. And then, of course, verse number Uh, 6 mentions their pride. So here's what James writes. James writes to these Christians, and he has a load to unload on them. They have a lot of sin going on in their life. They have a lot of sin going on in their life. And as we get down to verse number 7, the Lord says, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. You can see now, because the idea of sin is both before and after our verse 8. So verse 8 is nestled right in the middle of all this talk about sin. So you see the, the verse number 7 says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. That is, God gives you a command. God tells you to do something regarding these sins. And the first thing we have to do is yield. The first thing we have to do is bow the knee. Give up our own will in this matter. You can't, ever, you can't ever stop sinning. That is, you can't ever turn away from it until you first bow the knee and say, God, you're right. All right? that's the first thing. Notice in our verse number eight, it says right after the draw nigh to God and he'll draw nigh to you, it says cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, ye double-minded. That is the context. James is writing to rebuke these Christians. They aren't living right. They need to get right. Verse 9, be afflicted and mourn and weep. You know, God doesn't always want us to be happy. When we're living a life that is in disobedience and rebellion and sin in His sight, He does not want us happy. He says, be afflicted and mourn and weep. Why? Just for fun? No. He says, let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heavenness. Why are we rejoicing? Why are we happy when we're out of fellowship and far from God? We should be mourning. We should not be happy. That's what he's saying. And he says he finishes with humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. Here's the thing I want you to understand about this. Remember, distance between ourselves and the Lord is always related to sin. Now, in reference to drawing nigh to God, there is no way to draw nigh to God, remember the context, as long as our sin is being regarded and cherished. The things in our life that are wrong and wicked and displeasing to God, there is no way to draw nigh to God so long as that remains, as we knowingly allow things that displease God to remain. Now, notice, notice now I'm gonna, I don't want to freak you out with the words, but this is the way I think, and just bear with me, okay? Notice the spatial words. We're talking about distance and space, right? Notice this, Psalm 18, verse 21. For I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God, right? If, now, if, if the Lord is over here in my little illustration, which way is that? That way. But where am I going when I go that way? Wickedly departing. I'm going towards sin. But notice I'm leaving God behind. The distance is increasing because of sin. That's what I'm talking about when I say the spatial distance. Listen to this. Psalm 73 verse 27. For lo, they that are far from thee shall perish. Thou hast destroyed all them that go a whoring from thee. That means adulterers, adulteresses, that's the word of whoring. Going after that which is prohibited, that which betrays the Lord. Going after sin, he says, go whoring from thee. That is away from God in distance. But it is good for me to draw near to God. That's going this way. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all, all thy works. Listen to this verse from Hosea chapter one, the beginning of the word of the Lord by Hosea, and the Lord said to Hosea, "Go, take unto thee a wife of whoredoms and children of whoredoms, for the land hath committed great whoredom, departing from the Lord." You see that? So, distance from God is a function, if we can say it like that, of our sin. When things are not right in our life, the distance from God increases. Just that simple. There's no way to go after sin without creating distance between you and God. God isn't moving and sin isn't moving. We are moving. And so if you want to go that direction, there's no no way to stay close to God in that way. And the sad thing is when we do sin, we often want to keep our distance from God. Because as the closer we get here, there's this tension between the two. Look at verse 9, being afflicted and mourned. What a powerful, what a powerful thing. The, a, a description of the attitude that we should have when our life is not right in the sight of the Lord. Number three I want you to see is this. It is incumbent upon us to move in His direction. Now, remember, we're talking about a believer. When you're talking about someone who's not saved, God is going after them. That's the shepherd going after the sheep. But here, these sinners, remember the context, the Lord commands them to draw nigh. You see that? God commands, it is their duty to go this direction. It is our duty to go back to God. It is our duty to move in his direction. And so what that means is we must, he says, draw nigh to God. A command, draw nigh to God. All right? That means wherever we are on this line segment we have to move then we have to make a choice to move in that direction. But to make that choice means that our sin must stay we must create distance between ourselves and that thing that we have cherished, that evil that we desire to linger at. Like Lot, remember, Lot was a believer, right? He lingered in Sodom. He did not want to create distance to go after the Lord. Now you think about magnets. How many of you have ever played with magnets? Those, those neobidium, neobidium? Neobidium or Didium. You know, there's really strong magnets. And some, they have such strength that when they get close, you can't keep them apart. There's no, like, there's not enough, you don't have enough strength in your arms to keep them apart. And sometimes they'll break themselves. But when you bring them, when you have two magnets and you bring them, when they're, when they're far apart, the attraction is a lot less. It seems a lot less. But the closer you get them, the stronger the attraction gets. Now, keep that in your mind because that's just a fact of nature, right? But in that case, look, when you want to bring, when the two magnets are far apart, they, they don't naturally pull as strong, so you have to exert effort. And that's the way it is when you're far from the Lord, right? You're, you're out there, you've, you're wayward, you're not following the Lord like you should. You know, it's going to take, the Lord says, draw nigh to God. And that, that's, a, that's a, sometimes that's a hard choice to make because we're, we're cuddled up next to sin and we like it. It's comfortable, it's pleasurable. You know? The Lord says, Draw nigh to me. And we know the only way that's going to happen is if that sin, we put that in the rearview mirror and go toward the Lord, which is what He's telling us to do. Now, remember the magnets, because I'll, I'll mention that again in just a minute. Number four. We draw nigh to God by going where He is. Again, in our illustration here, Sin is over here, God is over there. How am I going to get closer to God? This is, this is basic. I'm going to go to where He is, right? Now think about it. How do you, and what, what I asked myself when I read this is, how do you draw nigh to God? How do you get close to God? Well, and I thought about it again spatially. I thought, okay, if, if, if I wanted to go to Cambodia, how would I? Get closer to Cambodia. Well, I'd go in the direction of Cambodia, right? And as I go, I get closer and closer and closer because my direction is that, that way. But ask yourself, where is God? If we're going to draw nigh to Him, spiritually speaking, the question is, where is He? Hebrews 4.16, listen to this. Listen to the spatial language. Let us therefore come boldly. You hear that? Come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So where is God? He's at the throne of grace. And he tells us to come. That is, remove from where we are and go in his direction. So when we're going closer to him, where, where is he? He's at the throne of grace. Now we know doctrinally, the Lord is in all of us. He's omnipresent. But in this context, when we go to the throne of grace, that's, a, that's speaking of prayer. Because we're going to where God is, His throne. We're approaching His throne. You know, when you approach God in prayer, you're getting close to God. The second thing is this, His Word. If Brother David were 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 to say something from where he is right now, if he were just to speak in a conversational tone, I'd have a hard time hearing him. But if I wanted to hear him, I'd have to get closer to David. And as I got closer, his voice would get louder to me. It would, uh, I would perceive it as louder. God's word. Draw nigh to God by God's word. Because when you listen to it, you're closer to his voice. When you read it, you're closer to his, his words. And then the third thing I thought about with how, you, how do you draw an eye to God, speaking spatially, is... Wherever there are God's people, you know what you find? Jesus said it. Where two or three are gathered together, there I am. That's where he is, right? In the midst. So when you walk through, when there's a gathering of God's people and you walk through the door, you're going closer to God. Because that's where he said he is. Does he, did he not? That's exactly what he said. Now, I know these are basic truths. Two things are going to happen. If we're going to draw nigh to God, we've got to know where God is, well, You approach the throne of grace, you're getting closer to God because God is on the throne of grace. You approach his word, you're getting closer to him, you're hearing his voice because he's speaking in the word. And where God's people are gathered, Jesus said, I will be in the midst. He is there. He is where God's people are. He is in the church. And so when when there's two things happening, you're going toward him in those ways and at the same time creating distance between yourself and sin because you can't do both. You can't do both. This is, listen, I know this is simple. This is simple, but what you'll always find, you'll always find, is the closer you get to sin, again, creating distance from God, mark my words. Prayer goes by the wayside. Bible reading goes by the wayside. And being faithful to to be with God's people goes by the wayside. 10 out of 10 times. It does not happen by accident. It's the distance principle. When we go after sin, we create distance from God and God is in all those things, you see. Not, listen, I'm not saying that because, well, I'm the pastor of the church, I just want a big crowd. No, 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 no. No, that has nothing to do with it. It is a fact of the Christian life. When we are walking out of fellowship with God. We don't want to be at church. We don't read the Bible. We don't want to pray. We don't want to fellowship. We don't want to be near God, just like Adam and Eve in the garden. That is our nature. But the reverse is also true. When we want to draw draw close to God, that's where you go, because that's where He is. Number five, the relation of the heart in its distance from God is most important. We can talk about being near to God and how you can get near to God. But more important than the body, more important than the words you say or how you appear to others, more important than that is your heart. Listen to what Jesus said in Mark chapter 7, quoting from Isaiah 29. Listen to this. He answered and said unto them, Well, hath Esaias prophesied of you hypocrites, as it is written. This people honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. You know what you have there? You have. They have the appearance of someone who's drawing close to God, but the heart is not. The heart is still far. So it's not about, again, it's not about, the, it's not about a, making an appearance at church. It's not about making an appearance like you're a person who prays and fellowships with God. No, it's not about that at all because God is looking straight at the heart. None of that matters. Just like we talked about on Sunday with, with, uh, with Cornelius. None of it matters that they thought Cornelius was a, was, a, was a good man. It didn't matter. All that matters is what God thinks. Our heart must go close to him. Not just our lips, not just our body, but our heart. Number six, God responds when we come near. Notice what it says. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. You know what that reminds me of? It reminds me that it is God's delight to be close to us. He wants to be near us. But you see, he waits on us as a believer now. He waits on us to depart from sin, to leave it behind, to forsake it. Because in forsaking it, we come toward Him. But as soon as we come toward Him, He comes toward us because He wants to be near us. He wants to fellowship with us. God is not distant. He wants to be close. You know, what's sad is that we don't always share that desire that He has. That we don't always want to be close to Him if we're honest. Not that we want to be far away, not that we want to run the other direction, but we just don't have that desire like he has, and he always has it. The last saying, number seven, there are effects of drawing nigh to God. See when you when we get when we go on this on this line here toward the Lord, it's not just about the way we we don't do it just because it makes us feel good about ourselves. Really, the way we feel the joy and whatnot that we might have might it, it is is just like a byproduct. But here's what we find: the effects of drawing nigh to God are just like with the magnet. You have two magnets. You bring them closer together. Did you know the closer you bring them, bring them together, the harder they pull? So the closer you get to God, the more you draw nigh to God, the easier it is to draw nigh to God. That's an effect. So if you're on this line segment here, the more you go this direction, the easier it is to go this direction. The hard part is over there when sin is pulling on you and keeping you. And you love it and you don't want to give it up. And, and, you know, you're in a, maybe you have a, have a bad habit or whatnot. It, this is the hard part. you got to use some effort. Draw the command. Draw nigh to God. But once you're already being pulled, once that magnet, it gets a lot easier. It gets easier because the distance between sin is increasing. It doesn't have the pull it used to have. You know, when you first got saved, sin might have been really, really difficult. But think about those sins that you really had trouble with when you first got saved. They're no problem now. They're no problem now. You know why? Distance. <laughs> You've gotten closer to the Lord, and it's easier because that distance is increasing on this end. So it's even easier to draw nearer to God. The second effect and benefit of drawing near to God is that it increases the distance from sin. We want it less. The Lord is, listen now, the Lord is saving us from sin. By bringing us close. Isn't that fantastic? And as we get close, some, somebody used an illustration. Is, it likened it to to, a, to a, like a comet going toward the sun. The closer, you know, the sun is pulling it, right? The sun is pulling the comet. It's like it pulls everything with gravity. The sun is pulling the comet. But it's, the closer that it gets, everything's being burned away from it. <laughs> As it gets closer, it's getting hotter and hotter and hotter. And that's what happens. As we move this direction, we get closer to the Lord. Not only is the distance of sin increasing, but the effect of our getting close to God is this burning. God is burning away, taking away out of our life the things that are displeasing Him. In other words, He's helping us to grow and increase by our distance to Him. Third effect is as you go from over here to over there, Because you're getting closer, the voice of the Lord is getting louder. You know, when you overhear God's screaming, and you can barely hear him. He's telling you you're out of the way. It's like the prodigal in the, you know, in the in the far country. He's so far away he couldn't hear his dad. But and that's the way it is. We're all way the Lord has to yell at us and sometimes he has to chasten us. He has to bring corporal punishment. Spiritually speaking, to correct us, to bring us back in line because we're not hearing His voice. That's a good parenting rule as well. When is it proper to use corporal punishment? When words stop working. Well, we can't hear Him, but as we get closer, what we realize is that voice is louder. The voice of His word as we read it and the voice of His Spirit in us is louder and louder and louder so that when we get close to Him, just a whisper, and we hear it. Just a whisper, and we'll, he's directing us. Proverbs even says, is it Proverbs or Psalms? He says, I will guide thee with mine, what? Mine eye, mine eye. So as you get closer to God, God's voice does seem to get louder. And so his direction becomes more distinct and more clear to us. And this all is all about the distance, the space between ourselves and the Lord. So let me just ask you this. This is just basically a little, a little devotion. How, how are you doing in your, in your distance from the Lord right now? Are you going in the right direction? Are you going in the right direction? Is there something that's keeping you kind of far from him that you're attaching yourself to? Or are you heading this direction? Let's pray.